This is the hottest it'll ever get. That's right, hottest it'll ever get. And uh, thank God for that. Amen. This ain't nothing. And uh, appreciate that. Second Kings, Second Kings chapter 4 uh, tonight. I want to look at a few verses of Scripture. Uh, you know it well. And you're here tonight. I'm all familiar with it. Second Kings chapter 4 and verse number 18. The Lord laid this message on my heart several years ago. It was a help to us at the church, and I preached it a couple other times, uh, other places, and I hope it'll be a help to you tonight. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 18. The Bible says, When the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. He said to his father, My head, my head. And he said to the lad, Carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat her on her, new, her knees till noon and then died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. She called on her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men, one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. And she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward, slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came into the man of God to Mount Carmel, and it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, Sir, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And she came to the man of God to the hill, and uh, she called him by the feet, but Gehazi came near and thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. And uh, I want to stop off reading there. We'll, uh, we'll uh, ask Brother Ethan if he will pray for us tonight. Amen. You can be seated tonight. We've heard the stories of the Shunammite woman. I want to look at a few verses here this evening. Verse 23, she said, it shall be well. And then she said in verse number 26, it is well. Well, I want to preach on tonight with the help of the Lord. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Now, this story of the death of a child, this lady's life had brought about extreme situations in her life. And uh, Horatio Spafford, it was, that wrote the song at his well years ago. He got the news that his three daughters had drowned at sea in a shipwreck. And uh, the story was that his wife had written him a letter and saved alone. As he come across that seas, he's headed back over to his country, he stopped at the place and they said, this is the area that, that, that it happened. It was at those, that time that he sat there and he wrote that song, When Peace Like a River, and, and uh, wound up singing that, writing that song, great song we sing all the time. It's been a comfort to many people down through the years. It is well. Well, I want to say this tonight, that we can be assured that everything is going to be all right. And uh, she felt like, we look at this scripture, her desire was to have a child. She had a desire to give birth to a child. 
And uh, we find that as a result uh, of the death of the child, I believe she felt like her desire was gone. Many folks in these days, uh, something will come up in their life and it almost seems like desire leaves them. That the desire they once had is gone. Her son was her desire. Now it was gone. I find many people in these days that at once time had a desire to really go for God. It seems like uh, bumps and roadblocks have, uh, have hampered them and all of a sudden it seems like the desire is not the same. Desire has diminished. And uh, also she felt like she had been deceived. Do you remember what Jeremiah said? And uh, Jeremiah wasn't a well-received prophet of the Lord. The Bible calls him the weeping prophet. And uh, he come to a place in his life where he even said, uh, he said, Lord, you've deceived me. He said, I'm not going to speak any longer of your name. He said, I'm done. Basically threw in the towel. But he made this statement. He said, his word was as a fire shut up in my bones. I was weary with forbearing and could not stay. You ever got to that place in your life you felt like you couldn't go any further and you felt like you didn't have any more desire and all of a sudden God just recharged you one more time and God just lit a fire one more time in your soul and God stirred you up one more time. Hey, I've been there and I know if anybody serves God long enough, uh, they'll get there in their life, they'll feel like that in their life, uh, they'll come to a place, but aren't you glad that God won't leave you in that condition? Oh my Thank God when he brings us out and helps us. He felt, uh, she felt distressed. She felt like, uh, you know, she uh, couldn't do anything herself. And I want to say that's a good place to be in our life. Uh, we realize that we can't do anything and we can't uh, help ourselves. Uh, the psalmist said it well and I preached on at a, at a, the, the, David the other day when Ziglag was burned with fire. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself uh, in the Lord. Sometimes we have to discourage, encourage ourselves in the Lord. There's going to be times that others will not encourage us. There may be times where they can't give us a word of encouragement. There may be times that they don't even know what's going on in their hearts. But I'm glad God knows exactly what to do. I'm glad God knows exactly how to help his people. No wonder the psalmist wrote and said in the word of God, I will look into the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. I'm glad tonight there is help in God. There is help in the Lord. I appreciate that tonight. We can rejoice in that fact that God will help us. I look here, although she felt that everything was going away and everything was going south, she uttered three words that only a child of God can utter. And she said, it is well. It shall be well. I want to say the world will never understand that. When everything around us is falling down and our, it seems like the world is crumbling around us, it seems like everything's going wrong, Oh, I'm going to tell you, only the child of God can utter those words. With sincerity, it shall be well. Because we know our future, thank God. And we know what the Lord can do for us. I believe that we look at this scripture tonight and we see there is a satisfaction. I want to say everything is not all right. Some of our attitudes are not right. And some of our actions is, are not right. I began looking here in this scripture. The Bible doesn't tell us much about her husband. Obviously, he was pretty much a deadhead. 
The Bible says in verse 33, or rather uh, verse 23, he said, wherefore wilt thou go to him today? Her husband's speaking. She said, I've got to get to the man of God. I've got to get to the man of God. He can help. And he says, wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. He was of the pessimistic attitude. Basically, he told her, he said, it's not camp meeting time. It's not revival time. It's not church time. How in the world can you get some help? How can you be helped? It's not Sabbath nor new moon. It's not church time yet. I want to say you don't have to wait to get to the house of God. Hey man, I've been helped at the house. I've been helped going down the road. I've been helped in my prayer closet. And uh, I, listen, sometimes there's not a camp meeting going on. Sometimes it's not time for church. Sometimes it's not time for a Jubilee revival. Oh, but thanks be to God when there's a camp meeting and revival service takes place, a real down deep in our soul along with God. I'm glad he's able to do that. So he's satisfied with deadness. Her husband is. The Bible tells us here uh, that uh, verse 14, all it says about him, all that says about him is verse 14. And she, he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi said, answered, verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. That's the only thing it says about her husband. He's old. Only thing that defines his character, only thing that tells us a little bit about what he'd done, he brought the child to his mother. Evidently, he felt like he couldn't be no help to it. So he brought the child to his mother, but all is said about him is he's old. So really, he had no desire. She had a desire to have a child, but he had no desire. And I want to say sometimes uh, you may be around people that don't have a desire. You may be around individuals that don't have no use for the things of God. Uh, you, that, that may be your, uh, your case tonight. Maybe you're a wife and your husband, uh, she, he has no desire. Maybe your husband and your wife has no desire. Maybe you're a child. Maybe you're a young person. Maybe you're a teenager. And nobody around you in your household has a desire. Well, I want to say this. I don't care who you are. If you know God, you can get an audience with God. And you can get help with the Lord. And you can get to what you need from God. That's right. Some people are satisfied with deception. She even asked the question. She said, don't, uh, she made the deception, don't, don't deceive me. And her husband, certainly he's thinking, boy, she's been deceived this whole time. You know, what she, uh, what she was depending on, what she trusted, it was deception for her. I want to look at uh, four things or five things tonight real briefly and then I'll get out of the way. But uh, I want to look at several things that, or she could say it is well. Some things that were a surety to her. Some things that, 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 was involved, that was instrumental in her life where she could get some help from the Lord. I want to say first off, there was a bedchamber in her life. And we know the story how that uh, Elijah came through, Elisha rather came through, and, and uh, the Bible tells us that uh, he visited this man and, and, and his wife, and, and she said, let us set aside a little bedchamber for him. Let's set aside a little place where we can go or he can come aside. We'll put a lamp and a stool in there and he can, uh, he can come and rest himself on his, uh, on his circuit and, and uh, where he can find some rest. So there was a bedchamber. When her son died, 
When her son died, the Bible says uh, in verse 18, she, the father brought him to his mother and uh, the Bible says, uh, and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. There was a bed chamber, there was a secret place in her life, a, a place where nobody else could go. That She took her burden uh, to the Lord and, and took that which was bothering her. And so we find that, I believe this with all my heart, we all need a secret place with God. Uh, we need a bed chamber, if you please, uh, and a long time with God. I want to tell you the times that will help you most in your life. Listen, we want to hear a good message from the preacher. Preacher, lift me up. The Sunday school teacher needs to do well. Oh, if I could just hear a song. I want to tell you nothing will do you any more better nothing will do you more good than to get along with God somewhere and get in the presence of God and set you aside a, a place where God is it's how you know that well Brother Matthew you've been around people and I have too and I've intentionally visited people that had God on them yes, sir. that's right amen that's right I, I've pastored for many years and, and I know that I can go to certain people's houses and they just got God on them. I mean, the, the presence of God is, uh, I mean, uh, radiating in their life. Uh, and it ain't that way with everybody. But thank God for those that walk with God. And Elisha was a man that walked with God. And uh, man, I, I believe he just brought God with him, if that makes sense. Uh, he just brought the Lord with him. And man, I, I remember my friend, my I'd go up at my grandpa and grandma's house on Upward Road in East Flat Rock and upstairs in that upper bedroom was my grandfather's prayer place. Man, I like going up there and he would get along with God up yonder with the Lord and listen, and I know we don't, we don't, we don't make idols out of, out, of, out of physical places but there's just something about a place there's just something about an atmosphere and man, I could tell when I walked up in that bedroom that he'd been with God up there. He didn't tell me he had. He didn't tell me he'd went up there, but I just knew he'd been along with God up there. I want to say thank God for those people that's got God on them. And listen, we're no different. Thank God we can get God on us and we can enjoy the presence of God. Amen. Find yourself a secret place where God can help you. And we could go in those places with her head bowed low. And, and man, she did. She went in there carrying her dead boy, laid him on the bed of the man of God. And she came out, the Bible says, went out. And uh, uh, she said, go get me an ass. And the husband asked her a question and said, uh, what's going on? You gonna go to him today? And she said, it shall be well. She said, I know everything is gonna be all right. Amen. We're the only ones that can say that. I remember years ago, I've been on the fire department for a number of years, 30 years, I guess. I was the fire chief up at Rosman for two years. And I remember going to a particular call and we'd went, it was a SIDS death, sudden infant death syndrome. We'd went to a young couple's house they weren't in church. They didn't know God. I know some of the people around them had witnessed to them and tried to get them to go to church and talk to them about the things of God. Had a young boy, and I, I walked up to him, and the paramedics got there before I did, and they were working on the child. I put my arm around him, and I said, it's going to be all right. And listen, I'm used to saying that to a child of God. But he looked at me, and he said, no, it's not. Look at that right there. 
Boy, in my mind, I was thinking that child, that baby's in heaven. I mean, the young child, infant, uh, died and uh, went to heaven, but now his parents are faced with the other uh, reality is they've got no hope. Remember what David said? Oh, when his young boy died, he said, I cannot bring him back, but I can go to him. I want to say tonight, for a child of God, we've got hope. We've got hope beyond this world. We've got hope beyond this economy. We've got hope beyond this country. We've got hope beyond our jobs. Thank God tonight we can rejoice in the fact that we'll be all right. And a lost person will never understand that truth. But thank God, God has burned it in our hearts to realize that it's reality. It's reality. There was a bed chamber, but also there was a belief in spite of the circumstances. Didn't seem real to her. Didn't seem like anything could come good of it. I'm glad in spite of all, the Lord can help us. I want to move on tonight. Believed in spite of the circumstances. Sometimes he's going to trust God. Amen. Moses, shall not the righteous judge of all the earth do right. You believe that? You believe God's going to do right? Hey man, he'll do right by his children. God will never do wrong. I'm going to tell you, we all deserve to be in hell tonight. How we all deserve that. We deserve the just uh, judgment of God raining down. How we deserve to be in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever, paying for all, uh, never being able to pay for all our sins, uh, enduring uh, and just uh, existing in the lake of fire. And I'm glad tonight God's been merciful to us. Hey, and listen, God uh, will always do right by his children. He's going to see us through. I promise you, he said he would. She believed in spite of the circumstances. Amen. But I noticed thirdly that her burden was carried by another. Verse 22, the Bible says, and she called her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. One of the good things about this life is being saved by the grace of God is you don't have to bear your burden alone. The Bible says, casting all our care upon him, for he careth for us. I'm going to tell you, friend, there's no reason, there's no reason at all for you to carry your burden all by yourself. I'm glad we've got one who said he'd be willing to. He wants us to cast our burden, cast our cares, cast our load on him. Uh, this uh, uh, ass was a beast, uh, a burden. That's what its purpose was, uh, was to carry the burden of the one that was riding it. And I want to say tonight, thank God we don't have to bear our burdens alone. Hey, and listen, does Jesus care? Oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. The songwriter said it right. I'm glad tonight, thank God we've got one who will carry our burdens for us. That's right. He said he would. He's a burden bearer. You don't have to bear that burden alone. Many tried. You wind up a miserable wretch, but I'm going to tell you what's so pleasing to God is for us to just cast our care upon Him because He told us to come. Come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. I want to tell you there's nobody can carry your burdens like He can. You can tell other people about it and sure that's what we're supposed to do. The Bible says bear, one, bear you one of those burdens 
and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's our, it's our Christian responsibility to bear one another's burdens. It's our duty to do that. We're to do that and we're to do it willingly and gladly. But I want to say there's only so much that I can do for you and there's only so much of your burden that I can bear. Ah, but I'm glad what the Bible says for we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Thank God I'm glad we've got one that invites us to the throne room of grace. And listen, he may not, he may not take you out of the storm. He may not calm the storm, but I promise you this, he can calm the storm, in the, calm you in the midst of the storm. He'll calm you, help you. There's a burden that was carried by another, but also there was the breath that she knew would come. The Bible says, and she went up and laid him Verse 34, and he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. He stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. You see, the difference in humanity, humanity's false religions and all the religions and sects and beliefs that people come up with. They all serve dead gods. Muhammad, Buddha, all those, those false prophets that they all die. Well, I don't say we come to church and what are we looking for? We're looking for God to move. Basically what are we saying? We're waiting for the breath to come. We want to touch from God, do we not? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure most people in here are sympathetic with what I'm preaching tonight. We come to church uh, waiting for God to show up. And I know he, he dwells within us, each and every one, the saved by the grace of God. There's one baptism of the Holy Ghost and many fillings. How about I do want to say this? There is a manifest presence of God in our lives. And thank God I'm glad she's looking for the breath to come. And she's looking for a breath from another country. And she's waiting on a breath from another world. I want to say tonight, that's what we come to. And let me just say this, nothing can help you more in your Christian life. I'm telling you, nothing can help you more. You can hear three hours of preaching, three hours of singing, and it not do nothing for you at all. You can hear Sunday school lesson, Sunday school lesson. How about you take five seconds, brother, of the Holy Ghost of God moving through and the breath of God moving through a place. I'll tell you, business will pick up and it'll help us. We need the breath of God in these days. Ezekiel prophesied to those bones in the valley there that were dead. He said, come, oh breath, come. He knew life would come. I want to tell you, that's what got us out of our dead state. When we were lost in sin, the breath came into us. The Holy Ghost came. And we were resurrected, thank God, to walk in newness of life. But I want to say this, friend, it don't stop there. I thank God for the breath of God in the child of God's life. I want to tell you, no matter what kind of trial you're going, I promise you this for a fact. No matter what you're facing in your life, no matter what kind of hardship, no matter what kind of trial you're going through, I want to tell you the breath of God can help you and the breath of God can touch you and God's breath can make all the difference in the world. Try. <laughs> More sometimes I believe we're getting an altar somewhere. Prayer clauses, they come, oh breath, come. 
Oh, my. I'm glad the breath of God's real, too. It ain't something we've heard about, and it ain't something weird either. It ain't something that's fake or folklore or fiction or, or, or fantasy. No, sir. And it ain't something mystical, uh, but it's available to the child of God. And I know the Holy Ghost of God lives inside of us. But I'm going to tell you, I thank God for the manifest presence of God when God just floods our soul and helps us. Uh, I know there's been people going through trials and tribulations here late in our church. We've had several uh, that's lost loved ones because uh, of death and they've been bereaved and some have gone through trials. I want to say this, thank God for the breath of God. I want to tell you, you can experience a touch of God in your life that'll help you when nobody else can. When he whispers sweet peace, try, he can do it. Everything's going to be all right. Or say, lastly, you say, preacher, I just don't understand how everything's going to be all right then. I just don't understand that. Makes no sense to me. I've lost so much in this life. I've had so much hurt. And I listen, I know nobody wants to tell a sob story, but the Bible does say in this world you shall have tribulation. In this world you shall have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. We're not promised a rose garden down here. Try. You read the parable of the sower and listen, and, and, and you'll have four uh, seeds that four types of soil the seeds were sown in only only one only one survived the cares and riches and, and, and tribulations choked them others out and I'm going to say you'll find out who your real Christians are when the hardships come when the trials come when the world pokes its head up and offers, offers something but I'm going to tell you there's something down deep inside of me that no matter what is going on just as this woman said, it's all right. It shall be well. It's going to be all right. Don't worry. It's going to be all right. Hey, I can make that promise to you tonight according to the word of God that it's going to be all right. If I in the bedchamber, if I believed in spite of the circumstances, the burden that was carried by another, the, burden she, the breath she knew she would come, but I won't look last at the benefits. It comes from the crown. You flip on over to chapter 8 of 2 Kings. See that dead boy raised from life. But that still did not exempt her from life's problems and life's troubles. Did not. So we find in chapter 1, we pick up, or chapter 8, verse number 1. And then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou in thine household and sojourn, whithersoever thou canst sojourn, for the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did, after the saying of the man of God, she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. It's come to famine, you need to get out. It came to pass that the seven years end, the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines, and she went forth to cry unto the king for a house and for her land. The king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. It came to pass as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life. That behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. 
And Gehazi said, My Lord, O king, this is the woman, this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. Understand this. Later on in her life, she had experienced a great victory. Here comes another trial. The famine takes place. She loses everything she's got. Has to go down to the land of the Philistines. She's told to get out of town. Everything's gone. Don't have nothing left. I want to say this. At the end of the way, the king fixed everything like it should be fixed. And I'm going to tell you this tonight. I can't promise you that, that everything that you've ever lost, every trial that you've ever had, sometimes people's families just don't get restored. Sometimes when people lose financially, it just don't ever make a comeback. When you've lost your loved ones, they can never be replaced. When a hardship's coming to church, man, it's hard to get over that. But I'll tell you one of these days, just like when she stood before the king, he said, everything she's lost, make it right. Give it back to her. He basically said, fix everything that's broken. I want to say tonight, we can rest assured, it may not be here. It may not be right now. Amen. But one of these days, we're going to stand before the king. And thank God everything will be all right. He's going to fix everything that's broken. He's going to mend everything that's uh, been torn apart. I'm telling you, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's just going to do it because he's God and he's going to do it right. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to make it all right. Amen. That's why tonight, that's why we have the assurance and we can say it is well. It shall be well. And good old mountain terms, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Everything is going to be all right. Aren't you glad? Thank God we can rejoice in that tonight. Amen. I know people here tonight are going through difficulties. I know that. Some of you have got families sick and afflicted, haven't had round-the-clock care. Some of them have been diagnosed with cancer and other diseases and other ailments, having lots of physical problems. Some's having lots of family problems. Maybe having trouble at your job. Maybe your family's out of sorts with one another. Who knows? I don't know. I know this, that if you can get along with God in that bedchamber, in that secret place, you can get some help. If you'll let him carry your burden, you'll get some help. If you'll go looking and asking God to breathe on you and touch you, you can get some help. I want to say, it all culminates in the end when everything is fixed. It's fixed. That's right. Everything's fixed.